0: Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Well, this is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, or on iHeartRadio. We thank Agent Jim, Henry, the glory hole seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Seifus, and as always, I'm joined here on the sports patio by my good buddy, Longhorn.
1: Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right. All right. Ooh. Oh, Seifus, here we go. Preseason is over, and most of your fantasy football drafts are either over or soon to be over. Thank God! Did they go well? (laughs) Did, Did you get the little football player man that you wanted? Please tell me all about who you wanted in the third round or who you stole in the eighth. Of course I'm kidding. <laughs> of course I'm kidding. Send I'll, all emails to I, Longhorn I will, at no, fgh.com. Blocked. Deleted. I would rather listen to all of my ex-girlfriends tell me about their day than one more stupid, born fancy football draft story on your way to last place. At least my exes knew how to suck in silence. Now! Whether you are here for the funny. (laughs)
0: Oh, hilarious! Hilarious! We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should
1: fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness? Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money.
0: I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in.
1: That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tv's glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, cold beer hip, choice of the week. Well,
0: thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Storm the Beaches by Southern Star Brewery in Conroe, Texas. That's a great brewery, but this is a terrible beer of theirs. Mm. One out of five stars, but I am drinking it tonight because Longhorn. After tonight, all the talking and all the pontificating is done. It's time to get on the boats and sail into a new football season and storm the beaches of the bookkeepers. And, buddy, not only we storm the beaches, but once we win the beach, we are burning the fucking boats because there's no going back. We are either going to conquer the bookies, or we're gonna fucking die
1: trying. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do all that. And if you know, like, maybe you could do that, and I'll be like kind of on the side. Can I just take like all the women? <laughs> I'll just, can I take them as prisoner? And I'll I'll handle that department. You do all the all the other
0: stuff. <laughs> Alright boys and girls, we need the podcast, but before we do, I have one programming note for you guys, starting, oh this is so exciting, Monday, September 11th, I know, I know, but we Easy. will be recording a new reaction podcast, we're gonna be good, the bad, the, are you fucking kidding me, giving our biggest takeaways from the weekend and some look aheads for the week coming up, that will be coming out every Tuesday for you guys Huge deal for us at FGH, so please tune in and support as you awesome people always fucking do.
1: Yeah, I like more work, so so yeah, enjoy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now we're going to get the podcast this week. Oh, that's the week you've been waiting for. We're going to the NFC and AFC East play, uh, Divisions, team by team as we always do. But on top of that, we're going to give you our playoff predictions. All the way through the Super Bowl with the odds, with the best bets, and of course, of course, we're going to get you paid with those free picks, as we always do, but right now we have to get paid, and to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by yankumcars.com. Are you tired of car dealerships telling you that your credit is too shitty to buy a car? They always say the same old cliches like, your credit sucks so bad that you should be sterilized, or how the fuck have you even lived this long? And of course the classic, I would literally punch you in your stupid shitty credit having face before I sold you a fucking car. Well if you've heard any of those tired old lines, you need to go see our friends at YankemCars.com. At YankemCars.com they don't care how much of a low life fucking rat you are, they'll sell a car to anybody. All you have to do is put a little money down and BAM you are off with your slightly used piece of shit in no time. And the best part about shopping at YankemCars.com is you don't have to worry about missing payments with their 100% forgiveness program. If you miss one of your weekly payments, they won't call and harass you and your family Family at all hours of the night about it They would just simply come by your house And yank that motherfucker right out of your driveway Talk about hassle free So get your broke ass over to yankumcars.com today And put in our code word glory hole For 10% off your next spectacular fucking failure That's yankumcars.com Code word glory hole for 10% off The only deal in town for you Literally One more time Yankumcars.com Code word glory hole Jesus Christ Longhorn Those Yankem cars Those guys have got a hell of a business going But I'll tell you what, if you want to, boys and girls, not get yanked out of your shitty fucking car, you gotta listen to FGH, you gotta listen to these picks, you gotta listen to these bets, you gotta go buy, as my buddy always says, our premium picks from our website, thefootballgloryhall.com, and uh, you won't have to be worried about getting yanked out of your shitty fucking car, because you'll be driving a fucking
1: Mercedes Benz in a couple years, baby. Yeah, and you know, since we're men, we actually, you know, when we come a little short on the bills, you got to do some extra work or, you know, rely on some some good handicapping from your good old FGH boys. Unlike the women who can just go out there and yank every man they sue (laughs) to make the extra money.
0: boys and girls to start off with that afc east and longhorn we're starting with those buffalo let's go buffalo bills 13 and 4 last year well over the 11 and a half over under the vegas set which was tied for the highest by vegas last year with the tampa bay buccaneers who you know obviously fell a little bit short this year they're over under Vegas is down. They're down on the Bills, down to 10.5. Longhorn, what do you got on those Buffalo Bills?
1: Yeah, that goes right along with kind of uh, the, the way I see this team. I've got this team as a, as a fly under the radar, which is weird to say for a 13-win team, coming off 13 wins. Uh, they're kind of being written off, and that's exactly where I like them. I, I do have arrow up on this team, uh, starting with the offensive line. Uh Not a lot's changed, but they did bring in a uh, left guard, Connor McGovern, and they they drafted a guy, and this this is the big thing. This is a signal of of kind of acknowledging a little bit of your past problems. They brought in Osiris Torrance, the giant, huge right guard from Florida. This is a mauler, this is a people mover, and this is a sign and a signal to everybody that, hey, we're going to at least attempt to run the ball a little bit more and take it a little bit more seriously. Um, the pass rush, it's much of the same. I lost change over there. They did bring in Leonard Floyd, who, you know, while Von Miller is recovering, he's gonna be a nice piece to fill in there. And then when Von Miller comes back, now you've got maybe with the Jets, which we'll talk about later, one of the best four-man pass rushing uh situation in the league with Rousseau, Shaq Lawson, Leonard Floyd, and um and Von Miller. So just nasty with a pass rush. The area to shine that I've got is the pass rush. It's just if they're when everybody's healthy, they're gonna be sick on that side of the ball. The area of concern I did put the running game because until I see it and until they actually do it, then, then it's gonna be an area of concern for me. Now they did bring up to along with Osiris Torrance, they brought in Damian Harris running back and Latavius Murray running back. These are two bigger, stronger, uh, run after the, you know, getting yards after contact type running back. So again, this is another signal that they're taking this seriously. Now they do have James Cook, uh, as a starter. He's, you know, he's more of the the pass receiving type back. So I do look for Damian Harris to get a lot of burn on this team, actually. If, if they do things the way that, that they should and commit to that running game, I look for Damian Harris to get a lot of burn on this team. Uh, the rookie spotlight for me is going to be... talked about you know, the guard already, so let's go to Dolphin Kincaid. This is a vertical, you know, uh, threat that you, you would think they don't need because they've got Diggs and Davis, but really, Davis is the only true vertical threat, you know, Stephon Diggs, he'll get, he'll get loose sometimes going deep, but he mostly does his damage, you know, over the middle precision route running and just, just killing you over the middle and and towards the outside. But, you know, Kincaid's going to add that vertical element that they haven't had in the passing game from the tight end position in the past. So really like this team. Uh, I know they're flying under the radar everybody's expecting them like, oh, they had their shot 13 and four. They've had a couple shots to beat Kansas City. Couldn't do it. Couldn't beat Cincy last year. Let's write them off. No, this is what I'm getting on them. I've got them going 13-4 again and win this division. I love Buffalo this year.
0: All right, well, a few things you just said. It made me take a little bit of pause in some of my notes. However, <clears throat> um, yeah, I'll just get into it. So, this year, their over-under is 10.5, so Vegas is clearly expecting some regression. I put, is it all Aaron Rodgers, question mark? I mean, some of it has to be, right? You just got a Hall of Fame quarterback entering your division, so you got to take that into account. So that's fine. But last year, they were favored in 15 games of 2 pickles, projected 11.05 wins. Their under over was 11.5, so Vegas was... That was one of their few misses they had last year. They were betting on the under and in fact, Vegas has actually been selling the Bills for two years in a row now. In 2021, their over under was eleven. Vegas projected that only 10.7 wins, so they were leaning under there, and they got saved with the push that year. This year, they're favored in 13 games, three dogs and one pick'em. That's applied ten point two oh wins. So once again, Vegas is fading the Bills slightly here. And I, I do understand why. And just to counterpoint some of the stuff you said, even though I really like a lot of the stuff you said, but you, you did say it. Buffalo should have won the Super Bowl last year or at least been in the game. And actually, they should have been there in 2021. I mean, they scored 455 points last year, second most in the league. They only gave up 286 points, second fewest in the league. Boys and girls, the average was 370 last year, almost 100 points fewer than average, second best scoring, Second best defense. That is 13.39 projected wins. So they actually underperformed from a win perspective. So, and that's with a negative turnover margin. They had a point differential of 169 to the better. Second best in the league. They were number two in offensive DVOA. They were number four in defensive DVOA. And they were the only team in the NFL to be in the top five in both. Last year was their fucking year and they blew it because their giant stupid quarterback can't stop running around and getting hurt like a fucking idiot and now they are on consistently a downward output on offense so since Josh Allen went from the Wyoming retard to John Wayne which the year was 2020 when that transition happened the scoring went from 501 points in 2020 and that was in 16 games to 483 in 2021 Down to 455 last year. Now, last year, it was also 16 games. They had a game that did not count, but still in a downward trend per game. So, I do see what Vegas sees. And that their window isn't closing, but it isn't getting any bigger either. They still suck at running the fucking football. Their running back room... I hear what you're saying with Murray and... Harris. Well, you, can't,
1: you can't say they suck now. You you can say you think they're going to suck, but they haven't played a game yet, so it's...
0: True, it's, but, I mean, their running back room is still fucking garbage. Like, Harris and fucking... I mean, it's a bunch of fucking spares. It's
1: not great. I mean, it's not... It, it, they it's not great. They should have but, traded but
0: I, for Taylor. I, I do... They should have they fucking traded. They should have traded whatever it took for Taylor. But I, I do love your upgrades in the offensive line. Um... Uh, they still haven't replaced Cole Beasley, which you say, oh, who fucking cares about Cole Beasley? Well, that was a big part of their fucking – in their best scoring year, he was a big part of their fucking offenses. And then the offense, that slot receiver, is a big fucking deal. Now, my boy, Kim Dalton Kincaid, that you – yeah, that you highlighted, I truly do think that in this offense, he's not – I mean, he might play tight end sometimes, but I really think he's gonna be that fucking big slot guy down the middle, and that's gonna help a lot, especially in the red zone. Buffalo was only ninth in the red zone last year in scoring. And that's really fucking terrible for an offense that ranks two in DBOA and has a quarterback that I don't I don't think in his career now, and I, I might be mistaken, he might have thrown one now, but I know at some point last year I heard the set that Josh Allen had never thrown a red zone interception. So it'll be ninth in red zone scoring is horrendous for an offense that is good. So with a big target like that, running that slot position, taking that Cole Beasley slot, that could be a huge fucking upgrade. We'll see, though. He's a rookie. We don't even know if he can play in this league. He was a touchdown machine in college. So I love the fit. So I do love that. Mm -hmm. But having said that, all of that, if they beat the Jets in week one, they're staring 8-0 right in the goddamn face. And if they lose every game that they could possibly lose, which is including the Jets, they're 12-5. and So 12 is their floor. And that's already over the 11 that Vegas has on that. So I don't know why Vegas is – I mean, I know uh, I said all the reasons why Vegas is fading them, and if they can't – I've said it for years with Buffalo, if if your fucking quarterback is going to be your leading rusher or your second leading rusher – that is not, not, and we've seen it. We've proved, the NFL has proved it year after year after year. It's not a recipe for success. Why did they lose to Cincinnati last year? Because he was fucking hurt. Because he was their second leading rusher, yet a fucking gin. Like he, can, he's got to stop doing that shit. But at the end of the day, they're too fucking good. I mean, I know Von Miller's getting older and everything else, but like you said, the additions they made. Over there, they just do a lot of stuff right, and it's hard. It I cannot put this team at less than twelve and five. So I'll put them at their floor and I'll put them at twelve and five.
1: Twelve and five. All right. Yeah. I mean that's it's I really wish they would have gone more aggressive at the running back position. But, you know, even if they they don't have to be a running team, though. They just need to be able to succeed. No, Josh run Allen just ball. can't be the fucking leading rusher. That's it. Yeah, he 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 can do his thing. Maybe a little, certainly a little less. But like, all the signs are pointing to that they get it. It, 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 You know, even the slot thing. You know, like they they've they're going to use Kincaid as that. So like, it looks like a team that gets it and has prepared themselves to make. But I'm I'm projecting that I'm project like
0: everything I'm hearing. I've read a lot of stuff at a camp. I've been very invested in dog Kincaid. So I'm reading what they're using as. So That's I'm exactly how them. they're
1: using them. That's I'm, exactly how they're using them.
0: And they cut uh, Andy Isabella, who was like supposed to be the Colby's replacement. I don't forget what little school he played for. I did love him, um, but they cut him. So I mean, they had no other options at this point. Like he's he's it.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I love. I just love him. I, I'm, I'm glad that everybody's kind of like, ah, oh, fuck Buffalo, they're, they had their shot. I'm I'm glad.
0: All right, moving on. Those my hammer Dolphins. They were 9-8 and eight last year. Their over-under was 9, so that was a push. Uh, this year, or sorry, last year they were favored 9 out of 17 games and to 8.76 wins. So Vegas was selling on the Dolphins, but they got uh, bailed out by the push. This year, over-under, 9.5. So slight upgrade from Vegas.
1: Longhorn, what do you got on those Dolphins? Uh, what's the over-under for them? Nine and a half. Okay, so here's the deal, and I don't really understand why nobody is, I mean, they'll mention the concussions when they talk about Tua and this team, but they kind of mention it as almost like a, oh, you know, like he's had concussions in the past. Like, like this dude, his dude's career is ending this year. The first con- the first time he's laying on that field, they mention it kind of like they mentioned George Floyd' criminal record, like you know something like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's in just in passing, like under the breath. Like, no, he's going to die on the field this year, and you have to take that into consideration when a from a guy who eventually last year was like in bubble wrap, like you couldn't. I mean, he was. It was everybody was so scared for him to go out there and play quarterback, and all of a sudden, a few months later, like ah, oh, he's he's fine now. No, he's gonna get fucking rocked because he's not athletic, he can't escape the rush, and all that bullshit talk about him taking fucking taekwondo or whatever he did so he could practice falling. <laughs> that's that shit's not gonna ah. work when he's got a three hundred and twenty pound dude coming off the blind side and crushing his little ass. Uh, so he's gonna a pull a weird... matrix move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So like this is a weird it's a weird thing for me because I I love a lot of the direction of the team and a lot of the things they're doing with the roster. Um, but the quarterback is not going to be able to stay healthy the entire year, and and right now your backup is Mike White at quarterback. So you're going to see some Mike White this year. You're probably going to see two of his career in this year. So I can't really arrow up this team. I'm as much as I like the roster, I cannot do it. So let me move on to the offensive line. It's better. They brought in Isaiah Wynn to play guard. That should have been in his position all along. Even though he had success at tackle in New England, he's playing left guard now. Teron Armstead is going to play tackle when he comes back from his injury. Like they've they've done things to upgrade the offensive line. It looks good. The pass rush, it looks good too. Not great, but but good. They brought in uh, Ogba from Kansas City. They brought in. Uh, they got Bradley Chubb to go along with uh, their best pass rusher, which is Jalen Phillips. So good pass rush. Nothing nothing to poo poo there. Uh, my areas to shine. Obviously, it's the wide receivers. If you get a quarterback that doesn't you know die on the field. You got weapons. Um, the area of concern, I just, you know, it, it's just Tua. Not only is it the concussions, though, at the end of last year, there were some teams that kind of figured that out a little bit. Now, football is a little cat and mouse. So, uh, you know, that shit that was going on early in the year with him passing all over the place and, on all, and all that, you know, wide open um, Tariq Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, there was some squeeze towards the end of the year. Uh, that was happening with some, some of the defenses. So we'll see if there's a counter to that at the beginning of the year before he dies on the field. Uh, but that is an area of concern. Now the rookie spotlight for me is going to be uh, Devin A-Chain because, like, what what else does this team need more than another dude that runs, like, a 4-2, <laughs> 4-2 speed and clocks in at 23 miles per hour? That's what they got with A-Chain in the third round. Uh, he's going to mix in with Mostert and Jeff Wilson, and, you know, this this team just kind of has a rotating door at running back, which which we saw from San Francisco for years. So, overall, uh, this is going to be a shocking number because I know that everybody loves Miami, but I've got them 7 and 10, and it's basically just because two was going to die on the field and you're going to see Mike White for at least part of this football season.
0: Yeah, I feel like you stole a lot of my run up there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this year, over under 9.5. So, this year, Miami's favorite in 10 games. Dogs in 6, picking 1, implied 9.18 wins. So, Vegas is selling the Dolphins once again, just like they did last year. Again, it's easy to see why. I just, I wrote it down. I'm going to say it. Tua can't stay healthy. As predicted, which you didn't put in, by FGH, when he was fucking drafted. He mm-hmm. said, so are you kidding me? We're going to draft this fucking kid? He's going to get hurt. He's not going to fucking last. Just like Kyler, we said, where's Kyler starting the year? On the fucking IR. And he's not even going to be on Arizona after the end of the season again. It sucks, man, but, like, it's just a reality. Like, these are big men doing big fucking things. And if you're small and if you're not, I mean, seriously, so cerebral like a Drew Brees. Who, Which he's not. He was dumb, remember? He was dumb. And Kyler was dumb. Mm-hmm. And even Drew Brees, who was very smart. If you remember, boys and girls, back in the, if you're old enough to remember, he did get drafted by the San Diego Superchargers back in the day, and he separated his fucking shoulder, and they never knew if he was going to play football again. So they traded him away and drafted uh, Philip Rivers. It was like, "Ah, this guy's damaged goods. He's fucking five foot ten already. He barely had a passable arm, and now it might be broke." So it 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 just goes to show you, like even a Hall of Famer like Drew Brees was literally like one shoulder injury not coming back away from having a four-year fucking career. That's just the way it goes when you're this fucking small. Now, having said that, I've never liked Tua. I didn't even particularly like Tua at Alabama. But he did have his very best year as a pro last year. There's no denying that. He was actually really fucking awesome. Number four in DVOA. Number two in EPA plus CPOE. So when he did play, he was really good. But the fact remains... He has one coconut to his stupid Hawaiian dumb way from not ever being able to play football again, like my buddy said. And, you know, another reason to fade Miami is, if we're being honest, they were just an average team last year. Like, they won exactly what they were supposed to do. I mean, they could have won eight games. Could have won that. They just won the coin flip, and that's fine. But, okay, they're an average team, and now they're overruns nine and a half. So now you're asking an average team, the quarterbacks going to get hurt, To be above average, no thank you. And they're only losing 52 starts from last year. So, like you said, basically it's going to be the same team. You know Tua's going to get hurt. Uh, He's only played 13 games is the max he's ever played in his entire career. And he only did that one fucking time. One time. So, you know, they project out. if If you just left Tua in there and ran the numbers, they do project out to win 10 games. But he's not going to be there, so I can't give them 10 wins. You know, I, I, I hate this team. I hate this quarterback. I'm going to go 9-8 and eight again, and the only reason why is because, Longhorn, if you remember, you gave so much love to Mike White at the end of last year's season, like he was his fucking savior. Well, at this point, Mike White is better than, better than Teddy Two Gloves. So I think Mike White can come in. And we had a couple of games. Talking about oh talking? yeah, oh Mike yeah, Mike White. Oh yeah, you were bad. Oh, the Jets. Oh Mike White, Mike White. Yeah. Anyway,
1: okay, I'll take your word for it.
0: You boys and girls can go back and listen. It was a it was a funny take from my buddy, but anyway, I'll I'll go a little bit higher than you. I'll say they go nine and eight, just because I, I do to to your point, I do like the direction of the team. I think the coach has got a little something. If he can make some adjustments, to your point, they did get adjusted, too, at the end of last season. That's concerning. But if he's the boy wonder, as we've all been told that he is, then he'll make the adjustments past that, and they'll throw in a few new wrinkles. And the bottom line is, if anybody can get those goddamn receivers the football, they're going to fucking score the ball, and you're not going to stop them from scoring the ball because you can't fucking stop a bunch of guys that run fucking four threes. You just can't do
1: it. The whole fucking – a whole team runs four three on the on the fucking perimeter.
0: The whole goddamn team. All right, moving on. Those new England Patriots. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Just to give you some perspective, boys and girls. I think Tommy Tommy left in two thousand and uh yeah, nineteen was his last no, two thousand twenty was his last season there. Right? He played three years with the Bucks. I believe
1: so. Uh, Sure. Sounds right.
0: Yeah. They've been 43%, 55% in McCookie Monsters' rookie year, and 43% ATS. So they went from a perennial. uh, Here's just a few years before that. And 16, 84%, 63%, 63%. So they went from that to not. They went from literally printing cash to bankrupting you, ATS. Just a little bit of difference, but anyway. 8-9 uh, and nine last year, slightly under their 8.5 over under. Disappointing sophomore year for the McCookie Monster, as I said. That does set him up for career failure, according to the trend that we have been building, and we will keep tracking. But this year, yet another downgrade from Vegas, all the way down to 7.5 over under. So Longhorn, what do you got wow. of those New England
1: Patriots? 7.5. Holy shit. That's almost making me want to rethink the number I've got them at. Um, hmm. Fuck it. Let's roll with it. Um, yeah, this New England's a weird team for me to kind of figure out too because, again, there's some things that I like, and then there's just like what the fuck are you doing type things going on too. So as far as the direction goes, it's kind of the same as it's been since post Brady, it's like I'm not exactly sure what we're doing. Everybody gives the nod to Belichick because out of respect, but it's kind of like, are we sure we want to give that nod because it's not really working? And like, when do we just say fuck this? He's he sucks. They suck. Uh, put them at six and eleven. But you know, it's like it's this is weird spot. So. Uh, but let's let's just go to the list. The offensive line it's fucking really good. Like it's it's really really good with Trent. Have Brown. they have they played the starters in the preseason? That I I don't know. Like I don't I don't watch it that closely to know. Like but let's just like with the list. Trent Brown I doubt he played. He, David Andrews has been there forever at center. I doubt he played. Uh, Owenu he's been there a couple years as a stud. I doubt he played. They brought in Reef Riley at right tackle, so maybe he played some to get you know. Uh, new system and whatever. But, like, you know, from left from left to right, it looks really fucking good. Like, it, it shouldn't be a problem uh, up front for Mac Jones, and Ramondre Stevenson should have plenty of room to run. But that's when you get, I'll, I'll skip pass rush from now, but that's when you get to the area of concern. And once again, what the fuck are we doing with the pass catchers? Like, what are we doing, Bill Belichick? Devontae Parker... Thornton and Juju Smith-Schuster, like that's what we're rolling out here in a in 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 a NFL era where you need speed, separation, and and, and just you know people that can that can that can get the ball and make things happen, like especially just, for a weak ass fucking armed quarterback. Yeah, it's just gross. It's really confusing what he's doing out there. Um, now let's get to the defense, where you know it, there are some things to really like, and uh, you know I think that the draft that he just had on defense it if he's a, if he's around long enough to see it come to fruition is going to be one of the better you know defensive drafts that he's had in a long time now i don't know if he's going to make it that long because again when you're rolling out what you got on offense it's going to be a real problem uh but, w- but with what he brought in as rookies on defense this year the way he's been drafting on defense late uh, in the last couple years it's looking really nasty over there. So that's my that my area to shine is the defense in general. It it, uh, it should be pretty pretty stout over there and one of the better defenses he's had in a in a while because I think he's been I think that defense has been not very good lately. But I do expect an uptick over there on defense this year. Um, the rookie spotlight I'm gonna go with Keon White, their second round pick out of I think he went to Georgia Tech maybe if I'm not mistaken. But this guy is the second. It, you know, every year in the draft, I've got these certain guys that I target and I really like, and I think they're going to be just, you know, play way above wherever they get drafted. And Keon White was one of those dudes for me. You're talking 6'5, 290, 295. This dude is the second coming of um, Richard Seymour, the guy they had back in, in their Super Bowl days. Like, that dude will eventually become a stud on the defensive line and, and a, you know, pass rusher and run stopper. However, not yet. And that leads me to another problem on this team, and that's pass rush. Overall, I do love the defense, and I certainly love the def- young defensive talent, but but when they line up next Sunday on the field, there's a little bit of an issue with pass rush, because Keon White, he's a rookie. Um, it, outside of um, aging Matthew Gi- Judon, who he's still good, but he's aging. Outside of that, there's not a lot of proven pass rushers on this team, so that is an area of concern for me, but overall... Um, I don't like a lot. I do have them going eight and nine. I kind of wish I was seven and ten. After hearing what you had, what Vegas had them at, but I'm gonna stick at eight and nine. Once again, doing the hat tip to Bill Belichick, which I'm not certain he deserves anymore.
0: Okay, uh, so last year New England was favorite in eight dogs in eight and in one pick. You can guess eight point five implied wins. So right on the over-under of 8.5, so no call from Vegas last year. This year, New England favored in three games. Dogs (laughs) in 13. One pick implied 6.80 wins. That is a huge, huge sell from Vegas. Now, the one thing I have not mentioned yet in this division is that the AFC East Schedule this year is brutal compared to last year. Last year they played the NFC North: Chicago, terrible; Green Bay, below average; Detroit, slightly above average; and Minnesota, who was a fucking fraud. And New England beat Minnesota last year, by the way. That was one of like four losses. Mm -hmm. They should have had like nine. And they played the NFC North, or they played the NFC North last year. Cleveland was bad. Pittsburgh was a below-average team. Baltimore without Lamar for half the year. And Cincy obviously, really fucking good. This year, they get the AFC West, which, pound for pound, might be the best division in all of football. And they get the NFC East, who we'll get to in a minute. But they sent three teams to the playoffs last year, and they might do it again this year. So couple that the fact that this is absolutely a poverty-fucking offense. 24th last year in DVOA, a quarterback who is a dead man waddling. I mean, looking through the schedule, I see this team winning literally five games. (laughs) Out of respect for the hoodie, I will go 6-11 and way under. And by the way, boys and girls, I've been selling this team every single year since Tom Brady left. I'm two for three so far. The only year they beat me was the McCookie Monsters' rookie year which now seems to be a fucking far aberration. Uh, but the first year with Cam, way fucking under. Uh, the McCookie Monster obviously beat me. His rookie year last year, you know, they went under that, under their uh, eight and a half. So I'm, I am expecting to go three for four and continue to sell the hoodie. And whatever the fuck that they're doing on all, I mean, the, the McCookie Monster after their cuts is the only quarterback they have left on the roster. You have to have two. And now you have an option to carry three. And Bill Belichick says, nah, I'll keep one. <laughs> so he'll bring, I
1: don't, he'll bring some I, I
0: don't know if he's waiting for Brian Hoyer to get cut somewhere or what he's doing. But you know what? They're done. I'm done with Belichick
1: and uh fuck New England. I'm actually changing it to seven and ten after hearing all of that. I was wanting to anyway, so that's that's enough to push me to seven and ten. What'd you have, Matt? Six and eleven all right sounds good and that's only
0: because of bill bells <laughs> all right moving on oh those new york j e t s Jets, 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 yes. seven and ten last year somehow over there's six over under those goddamn bastards this year, huge upgrade from Vegas. Mr. Rogers has come to town. They're over unders up to nine and a half. Longhorn, these Jets fans haven't seen this since the Sanchez was fucking in town. So what do you got on those Jets?
1: Yeah, I've got Arrow up on the Jets, and it's not just because, Oh, do you? It's not just because of hard <laughs> knocks and all of that, but I mean you just gotta love a lot of of what's going on here, but there are some areas of concern for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's, let's start with the areas of concern because they're, they could be catastrophic. Let's just, there's, there's, you know, you can have concerns with like middle linebacker or concerns of safety or whatever. And you can kind of mask it when you have concerns at right and left tackle and, and they're the ones in charge of protecting your 40 year old quarterback. This could be catastrophic and season crushing Concerns. So right now they're rolling out with Dwayne Brown and Mikai Beckton We'll see how it plays out with the, uh, you know, the roster shuffles over the next week with with cuts and waivers and bringing people. Is
0: Mikayle Becton
1: going to be healthy? He's healthy right now. But here's the deal: watching on Hard Knocks, and again, you only get snippets, so take it for what it's worth. But I did pull out, you know, some uh, something from Detroit last year that not a lot of people were talking about, and it turned out to be true. And I think I got a one here this this on this team. All the plays, successful plays that you see, and there's a lot of bad plays that, that he's cussing like a, up a storm and getting pissed at everybody that you see, but uh, uh, even on the successful ones when he's making these plays downfield, he's Aaron Rodgers is always flushing out. He's having to flush out every time he's making a play down the field to one of his receivers. That's not that means he's not getting protection. That means he's not comfortable in the pocket. And I, and I know it's preseason and whatever, but this is going to be a problem. I would be shocked. Uh, and I, I'm pretty confident that Tua is going to die on the field. I'm less confident that Rodgers will just because he's savvy, he's smart, he knows how to slide and protect himself better. But I'm telling you, that's a problem. You know, And the fact that they didn't go out and make a trade for some of these tackles that got moved in the last week or two, uh, it's 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 weird. It's weird because on the inside of this offensive line with Lakin Thompson, McGovern and Vera Tucker, they're going to be able to run the fuck out of the ball. They're going to be able to move people and and run the ball with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. We saw it last year with with Brees Hall, like he was running wild, and I expect the same thing this year. Um, so you know, that's kind of what I see on the offensive side of the ball, the good and the bad. Now on the defense, it is fucking nasty. This is the best pass rushing defense in the NFL. Like on their third depth, you know, depending on where you look on depth charts, like like some of their second and third uh, depth pass rushers are guys, if they were starting other teams, would get get eight, nine, ten sacks. It is sick what they have up here on the pass rush. And the rest of the defense doesn't get any fucking easier. They are stacked. From top to bottom on defense, my, that they are my area to shine. The defense, the pass rush in general, fucking love everything they're doing over there. The rookie spotlight is Will McDonald again, just like Keon White, another tar- uh, player I targeted uh, in last year's draft. I, you know, there was talk when when draft season first starts in like January, February, this guy was like a third round prospect, and I and I was watching him. He's got the sickest spin move. You know, I'm trying to think of like like most he was thinking of. A, defensive player in the past that has, like, that spin move. Uh, the guy that, from the Colts. What was his name? Yeah, Freeney. Freeney. Oh, my God. Will Like, I noticed that immediately watching his tape from Iowa State. This dude has the sickest spin move in the NFL immediately when he steps on the field. Uh, and and he's behind a bunch of, you know, other awesome passers. So, so you know, love a lot of what the Jets doing. I cannot believe that they have neglected the tackle position like they have. But with that said, I do have them going 10-7 and 7 and just crossing your fingers that uh, A-Rod can stay healthy and stay upright behind players like fucking Makai Becton. Ugh. All right, so
0: last year the Jets were only favoring 3 out of 17. That's implied 6.63 wins. So Vegas were buyers last year, and somehow they got that right. Uh, this year favored in 10 dogs and six and one pick implied so same as miami implied wins a 9.18 9. so vegas buyers last year sellers a little bit this year now from the offensive personnel i didn't do a lot of work on this uh because it's kind of pointless you know rogers is going to be whatever he's going to be now i will remind everybody that Aaron Rodgers was an average to below average quarterback last year. By every metric he just was, there is no sugarcoating it, that's what he was. And this Jets offense was beyond fucking poverty last year. So if we get the same Rodgers that we got last year, the Jets are fucked. That's just it's season over. And just another FYI to everyone the top two teams that have been bet so far in Vegas this year on their season total unders are the New York Jets and the New York Giants. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, I know Rodgers can just shove it right up my ass if he has, still has good ball left in the tank. But honestly, I cannot see more than 9-8 and eight from this team. And that's it if he plays back to his... Not not as MVP level, but just above average level. Because like you said, the defense is fucking nasty. For sure, that's the only, the only fucking reason this shitty fucking offense won seven games last year is because the defense was so fucking awesome. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm re- I was really on the fence in this, and I even wrote on my notes. I was like, I want to I want to get your perspective on the team and the roster. I wrote down eight and nine, but because to me it was nine and eight. In seven and ten, I went eight and nine and split the difference, but I think that you've got me leaning more towards the nine and eight. Uh, those
1: are healthy. I mean, yeah, Hall that, and, and Rogers are healthy. They're you know, cause well Rogers would, Rogers would be healthy. The the
0: problem is he was healthy last year, and he like I said, he was below average.
1: Yeah.
0: And you can say what you want to say about Green Bay's offensive personnel. It's better than this fucking offensive personnel.
1: Yeah. So. It's, yeah, it's a problem. I mean, yeah. If he's And he's not looking comfortable, you know, so far. And if he's a shot fighter out there playing at 40 years old,
0: then again, I mean, seven wins is as good as they're going to fucking do. That, I mean, that is what they're going to do. I'll, I'll give the old man one more year, benefit of the doubt. I'll flip it from eight and nine. I'll flip it to nine and eight. So let me make that note. It's still an under for me, obviously, because uh, the over under is nine and a half, so I'll still go to the slight under. But I guess I will flip it. I'll give it the old man, and 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 here's the thing: I hate this for Sala because I was a doubter um, to begin with for him being a head coach. I was like, ah, he got pretty much the benefit of San Francisco's offense. They control the ball. They run, run, run. Defense didn't have to do a lot, blah, blah, blah. But what he's done building this defense from what they had to what they are, obviously drafting, you know, my boy Sauce Gardner. Everything else he's done with the defense, they're fucking nasty. They're loaded. It is tough, tough, tough to score on this Jets defense. And, you know, as we saw, Peyton is in the career with a great defense never. You know, he couldn't even throw the fucking football and he won a Super Bowl. So if Rodgers can just manage the game, which that's he's yeah. always been great at doing that. He is literally the all-time leader that will never be eclipsed ever. From touchdowns to interceptions uh, ratio, there's not, there's no chance anybody ever catches him in that. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't do stupid things. So if he just manages the game, plays the strengths of the team, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Run the ball, run the ball.
1: That's their path. That, that is their path. Play defense, run the ball. Don't turn the ball over. And and, just, and Rodgers is
0: great in the red zone. I mean, who throws who throws more fucking four yard touchdown passes than this fucking guy? Definitely a path for six, huge success for this team, but you know there's some questions too. All right. So to recap, this division, I have twelve. I have the Bills winning the division, going twelve and five, slight over there. Miami nine and eight, slot under. Now I have the Jets nine and eight, slot under, and New England six and eleven, big time fucking
1: under. New England, what you had, New England? Six, Six and three. 11. Okay. All right, and I have Buffalo 13 and four. I just changed the Jets to 10 and seven, talked myself into it, and uh, changed New England to seven and 10, and Miami also seven and 10. All right, Longhorn, now it's time to move to NFC East. No, it's the time a lot of people
0: have been waiting for. It's time to go over those Dallas Cowboys. Last year, twelve and five, sealed passer over under of ten and a half. Now, from a betting perspective, quickly, eleven and eight last year, ATS fifty-seven point nine percent. So that is winning you some money. Year before, seventy-two point two percent ATS. That's fucking crushing it. Uh, then the non-DAC year, five and eleven ATS. So no need to go over that. But the last couple years, Cowboys has been very, very profitable. For the betting market, so keep that in mind. Still, though, this year, Vegas with a slight downgrade for the Cowboys to the over-under of 10s.
1: Longhorn, what do you got on how about them Cowboys? Yeah, I really, really like what the Cowboys are doing this year. Um, it's it's definitely arrow up for me with a couple of areas of concern that we'll get to. Um the The offensive line, it looks good on paper and on the field, actually, you know, as it starts week one. Uh, an area of concern could be when Tyrone Smith goes down, there's zero chance he plays, you know, 20 games, you know, if you're counting like a playoff run in Super Bowl, there's zero chance that happens. So it, when and if he gets injured, you hope it's not season ending and you hope that it, maybe he misses some time in the middle of the season and he can be back for your playoff push, okay? But when healthy, this is a dan- it's, This is, this is a really good offensive line. Uh, the pass rush, I mean, come on. You have the best pass rusher in the NFL who is finally going to be unleashed full-time as a pass rusher uh, to go along with Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. Uh, there's some depth issues there. I'm not going to lie, especially with with the Sam Williams. You know, I I'm not I haven't heard the update. We'll see what's on what's going on there. But, well, uh, I mean, it was it was improvement. It was improvement. Yeah. So if if Sam Williams can play, you know, then then you got some <laughs> then you got some good depth at, at the pass rush. Uh, the area to shine is is absolutely going to be the defense, man. Just bringing in Stephon Gilmore to sure up that cornerback position uh, and unleashing. Micah Parsons as a, as a pass rusher. There's just this, this defense is sick. And for the first time in a long, long time, I think this Cowboys team has what it takes to make a deep playoff run and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, now the, the rookie spotlight is kind of falls into a, another area of concern I got to go along with injuries on the offensive line. And that's Mozzie Smith. Okay. Because What could derail this whole, you know, Cinderella story of of the Cowboys going back to Super Bowl is if they can't stop the run. And they drafted this dude, Monzie Smith, number one out of Michigan to do exactly that. Um, You know, now they've got some depth there with Jonathan Hankins as a a run stuffer, But they need this dude to, as the season goes and progresses, to mature, and anchor down that nose tackle position and make it to where he's sucking up defensive or offensive linemen two at a time and freeing up the linebackers to stop the run. So that has to happen for them to get to where they want to go. But outside of that, you're nitpicking on trying to find holes in this entire roster. Um so I I, I do love them. I do have them going 12 and 5. It would have been 13 and 4. But another slight area of concern that bothers me a little bit is I don't like the coach. You know, and that's, and that's a, you know, that's not a small thing. It's the fucking head coach. And, he's, and he, he's taking over, you know, some some duties that I don't necessarily like. So I really like the roster. I really see them doing great things this year. But there are a couple things here, here, and here. You know, defensive tackle, run, run defense, coaching, and offensive line health that it, it, they're 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 trouble they're trouble spots they're gonna need some luck there to, to get where they need to go all right well this
0: is going to be a little bit of a dichotomy here because you know last couple years i've been buyers on the cows and longhorn's been selling so you know might be a little different this year so Last year, Dallas was favored in 11 dogs and 5. One pick implied 9.52 wins. So Vegas had heavy pessimism on Dallas, and they were wrong. This year, exact same. 11, 5, and 1, 9.52 wins. So Vegas is fading cows again this year, which is nothing new. Vegas faded them in 2021 also, and they lost. And they faded them in in 2020, and they did win that time. But what is the difference in the last two years and what might be in 2020, or, 20- or what was in 2020, turnover margin. The Cows have had a positive turnover margin the last two seasons. Only 39%, I went back into this research, only 39% of the teams since 2012 with two straight plus turnover margin deltas go on to have a third year. So you can see why Vegas is betting on the comp. And honestly, I know this should be the year that they flip back to number one and win the division. Nobody's repeated this division thing since like two thousand two or whatever it is. And with maybe maybe with some of Philly's regression, they will. But I can't see this team really improving anymore. And this is going to hit on the exact point you just hit with the current coaching staff and the quarterback. I think they've hit their ceiling. The media and the fans complain about Dax interceptions. Who gives a fuck? You had a plus turnover delta again. They complain about the offense. Now, it did have a drop. It was 15th in DVOA last year. They still scored 467 goddamn points. That was the second most in the NFC, third most in all the NFL. So their offense was good enough last year to win a Super Bowl. Has been for several years. And back to my ceiling point, they were number one in the NFL in scoring and number six in DVOA in 2021 so they've regressed back a little bit to their mean on offense now defensively i mean they hit their ceiling last year number two in DVOA, allowing 342 points better than 358 points in 2021 both uh well above average and they were number two in 2021 also so their defense really can't get any better at least not to a significant enough amount that elevates you to another level Their offense, again, topped out in 2021, and they've had the plus turnover luck two years in a row. So really, cows, what would you say that you're doing here? Now, they should have won 12.38 games last year, and they only won 12, so they are doing some luck regression there. But because of the plus turnover delta, that really wipes that luck regression out. So I expect much much of the same from Dallas this year. They only lost 84 starts on the roster. Now, their schedule this year, they have eight teams with projected winning records versus seven last year, so that's a tick down. They do split those four and four on the road. Not ideal. The Cows were eight and one last year at home, four and four on the road. They have one less home game this year, so that's another tick down. And the schedule layout is fucking brutal for this team. Their first six games... Three and three would be uber fucking successful. Two and four is actually most likely outcome. And then.
1: <laughs> are get, Who are they? Uh,
0: let's see. They're at the Giants. No. Uh, wait sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but I'm looking through. Hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, here we go. At the Giants, they host the Jets. They're at Arizona. They better fucking win that. They host New England. They better win that. They're at San Francisco and they're at the Chargers. So if you give them the Jets, Arizona, and, and New four England, and two
1: at worst, there at worst, yeah.
0: At the Giants is not a gimme. No, they, they better beat. Better. They better beat Arizona, New England. Sucks. Yeah, they better beat those two, and then the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. At San Francisco, not winning. At Chargers, not winning. So there's, mm-hmm. there's three possible like uh, that's what I'm saying. Three and three would be really fucking good for this team. You know, if if they if they that's if they beat the
1: Giants. That'll be a home that'll be a home game for them in LA, by the way.
0: Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, three and three, like I said, super successful. I think two and four is more likely. But then you get a bye, which is way too fucking early in a fucking 18 week season. And you get it coming off a Monday night. And you're on the road all the way in fucking L.A. You get less than 14 days rest before you play your next game. But then your next six, they should go 5-1. and one. They only lost there probably at Philly. So then that gets us to 7-5. The last five, got to go 3-2 and two to make the playoffs. I think they obviously can. They host Philly. We'll give them the win there. That's a split on the season series. That's fair enough. Same thing they did last year. At Buffalo, that's gotta be a loss. Really, all they have to do is split at Miami or hosting Detroit. They gotta win one of those two games. I think they easily can. Then they go to Washington to finish up the season and beat their corpse. And that gets you to 10 wins. I have them projected at 10.82 wins. I think 12 is their absolute ceiling, nine is their floor. So I'm gonna go ten and seven. Just because the plus turnover delta regression is going to come to them sooner than later. They have a tougher schedule this year, less home games, and one more year of tape on Dak in this offense. Again, back to the coaching staff. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in this offense. The McCarthy offense didn't even work for Aaron Rodgers at the end. I don't don't like the way they're going on that part. I think the offense continues to go down, 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 as it has the last couple years. And they probably, in my opinion – they probably have They have a really good chance of starting 0-2, which we know is almost impossible to climb out of. So, I am actually down on the cows this year for all of those ancillary factors. Although, I do overall agree with your team-building perspective. Although, they did just wipe out uh, 66% of their 2021 draft class. So, it's all gone. And... The players that they have left, by the, by this time next year we're doing this podcast, boys and girls, here's my prediction. Micah Parsons and Odigazua, or whatever his name is, will be the only two picks left on the Cowboys roster from the 2021 draft. They have three other guys plus them now. Those three guys will not be there uh, come this time next year. So, yeah,
1: well, these bad well, drafts
0: are going to come back to haunt them.
1: One's a Hall of Famer, so and he's going to he's going to wreck shots. So like I got – we're yeah, but I, that's my point. It's like
0: they were already number two. They've been number two in DVOA defense two years in a row. They can't get. I mean, what are you going to do? Number one, sweet. What is that? No. What does that buy you?
1: Nothing. Well, they won twelve games. Yeah, that's great.
0: I mean, so, I'm, not so I mean I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying they're bad team, but
1: they've definitely they, hit their. They got better on on They got better on offense. I don't think they did. How did they get better on offense? Well, they got a better receiving core with Brandon Cooks as your two. Oh, I mean. And assuming Gallup is healthy, and if he's not, then you know Jalen Tolbert's in his uh, second year now as a number three. I again, talk- again,
0: but I mean, you you've already been the number one offense in the league. You've already been the number three offense in the league. Like you've already, you've already been there. You've hit your ceiling, and then every year in the playoffs come, you get smacked in the mouth by fucking San Francisco.
1: Yeah, like- I can't argue with that. Yeah, if you're gonna say yeah, they're gonna fall flat uh, like they did last year, then yeah, I've got nothing to come back on that for sure.
0: That, that's my only point. And, and the only reason why I've got them down, because I've been up on them the last couple of years, the only reason I'm down this year is because, and I'll get into it in the Philly part of it, but they really, really, really drew the fucking just shit in of the scheduling. And I'll, I'll get into the Philly part, and I'll show, I'll show you what I'm talking about. But the 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 division winners are supposed to have the hardest schedule, and Philly literally are kissed by the fucking scheduling gods uh, because of the way the rest of the league played out. But anyway. Yeah. All right, move on. Those New York football giants, 9-8 and eight last year. Who the fuck knows how they did that. Blue passer over-under of 7. This year, slot upgrade from Vegas up to 7.5 over-under. So, Longhorn, what do you got on those big blue giants?
1: Yeah, this is a uh, – we've talked about it in a few podcasts before. There's, there's a handful of teams that I've got a hard read on, and this is another one because, honestly, I think they could be – a better team this year and maybe not get as many wins necessarily. Now, uh, what did they, how many did they win again last year?
0: They won nine. And first of all, I 100% agree with that assessment.
1: Yeah. So they won nine last year. Their over under I think you said was seven and a half this year. Yep. Yeah. So they could they could win eight games this year, go over the Vegas projection, but under what they were last year, but actually be a better team. So that's kind of where I'm leaning with this team. Um, you know, the offensive line, loved the two tackles. I didn't think I would, uh, I was down on Evan Neal when he got drafted last year out of Alabama. You know, he kind of, he, he progressed through the year. He, he looked good. He, he looked like he got better throughout the year and he doesn't look like a giant fat ass who can't move out there. Uh, so, and, and Andrew Thomas has turned into one of the better left tackles in the league. So on the edge, they're the complete opposite of the jets. Like the, the giants are awesome on the edge and weak in the middle. I don't like what's in the middle of this offensive line, although I do like Schmitz Jr. who they drafted at, I think he, was, think he was Minnesota center. Um, so, you know, they're 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 work in progress on the offensive line, specifically in the middle, but when you have two book-end tackles, that's not a bad place to start. Uh, they brought in Darren Waller to play tight end, another weapon, but again, what are we doing here at receiver? What are we doing? Well, we're rolling out there with and, and, again, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three in the NFL, we are rolling out <laughs> there with Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, and Isaiah Hodgins. As Super our, Bowl as our three <laughs> reserve <receiver>. Now <laughs> now you've got people backing them up, or maybe starting. We'll see how it all shakes out. They were starting last year with Sterling Shepard, Wayne Dell Robinson. These are you know, these are players that have either been there or were drafted recently. Again, it's just a hodgepodge of what are we doing? They drafted Jalen. Uh, Hyatt from Tennessee in the third round. We'll see what he how he can get into this mix. He better be the fucking starting receiver by like week two. He better be, and he better be an instant deep threat uh, for this offense because, um, you know, again, it's, it's hodgepodge. It's things I like, things I don't like. Let's go to the defense. Now, there's not a lot on the defensive line that you can't not love. This might be the best overall uh, take depth out of it, and just, just go with your base defense. When you've got four, two, two defensive tackles and two uh, rushers, this is one of the better ones in the NFL. Uh, you, you love what they're doing uh, over there. Uh, and that's assuming Thibodeau takes a step and becomes the pass rusher that he should be in year two. But if he does, it's pretty nasty over there on the, on the defensive line. And that's pretty much where, where the good things end for me on defense uh, with, with this team. A lot of a lot of young players on de- the secondary looks trash. Like let's just let's just it looks awful. Like it, you cannot roll into a secondary, specifically the cornerback positions, like they have what they're going to roll out with this year and expect to be a really good team. Now projecting forward, okay, you got a first round pick back there playing cornerback. Um, You know, and actually one of their other late round picks has been a surprising camp, and and he's going to start at one of the other cornerback positions. But if you just heard what I said, you've got two rookie cornerbacks starting. That's not going to be good. Um, so I can't take this defense seriously, despite how much I like the, the defensive line, because that is just unserious back there on that back end. Um, so I have them going, God, you know, it, <laughs> all that talk about how I think they're going to be a better team, and I put them at 6-11. and 11. So, you know, it's, there's some question marks with the with the receivers and major question marks in the secondary. I can't take it seriously until I see it. Uh, I'll let the coaching staff prove me wrong again and see if they can coach this team up to better. But I've got them six and eleven just because I got too many questions.
0: Oh man, this is gonna be our furthest part team that we've had in all four divisions. So last year the Giants were favored in four, dogs in twelve. One and implied seven point one four wins. So Vegas had the slide over, and it did hit, even though it fucking shouldn't have. This year, they are favored in six, dogs in ten, one pick, and 7.82 wins. So Vegas is actually buying on Big Blue this year once again. And I am too, actually, which is, again, a flip for me from recent years. But I do definitely have some concerns. Last year, they got lucky. To win nine games, they should have only won eight at most, either eight and nine or eight, eight and one. They had a fucking negative point differential and made the goddamn playoffs. So I don't like the regression that is due there, but they are due for some positive luck regression from an injury standpoint. Longhorn, did you know that the New York Giants have had an average AGL, which is average games lost, score of one hundred and two point eight and one hundred and two point two the last two seasons. That is bottom six in the league. Only Denver, Detroit, and Baltimore can say that they were bottom six in the league or worse for the last two years. They have been incredibly unlucky from an injury standpoint, and they've been hit the hardest on defense. Last year, 30th in the league with 58.2 AGL. That added over 13% to their defensive DVOA, which is a big reason why they finished 29th. And, in fact, if you take that 13% and add it back to the DVOA, they finished right around 12th. Now, offensively, they were much improved last year, 10th in DVOA, but it still didn't translate to scoring the ball. They only scored 365 points which is slightly below average. However, uh, that's a good gap to have, honestly, because points should catch up with your efficiency. So I see the Giants taking another step forward on offense this year. Daniel Jones has his best year ever so far, and it still wasn't great, but it's his best year. 18th in DVOA, 7th in QBR, and 12th in EPA plus CPOE. So overall, he was about an average quarterback. Now the question is: can he get better than that? Probably not. But he can get more consistent and more efficient, which translates to more scoring and more points and winning more games. So I think if their defense can stay healthy, if they can fucking avoid this fucking injury monster that they've had the last two years, and they did install a new surface this year in their stadium, which is supposedly supposed to reduce injuries. I don't fucking know anything about football services, but that's what they're fucking saying. Um, if they can just avoid that, I do see them going 9-8 and eight again, but this year I can see them going a legit 9-8 and eight. Scoring the ball at a better clip, but you
1: know, well, that that'll be certainly offensive uh, carried if if it happens, you know, because it's and I, and I I do have to mention they did make two moves to boost the defense in the preseason. They brought in um, Isaiah Simmons, the Arizona, you know, linebacker. Really, he's just at this point he's like, like kind of like a slot safety corner. Guy guy, so we'll see how New York uses him, and then just a few days ago, they traded for Boogie Basham uh, from Buffalo, a pass rusher, you know, Buffalo's got an excess at pass rushers, so he was expendable, so they brought in a couple things there, but just the this, this secondary, that's just so, that, that's, that's Indianapolis Colts bad, like the Colts and the Giants, as of right now, the two most unserious secondaries in the league, it's, it's terrible,
0: but... We can also say, as we've seen many times before, a great pass rush will make up for a bad secondary. If they, they don't have time to throw the ball, those guys look a lot better than they probably are. They better go get them, then. All right, moving on to those god damn Philadelphia Eagles. 14-3 and three last year, just slightly over. They're nine over-under number. Uh, this year, huge mm-hmm. upgrade. From Vegas over under 11 and a half. Now I did want to and that is tied with KC and Cincy for the highest in the league. Now I did want to add this into though from a betting perspective. Uh, you don't just you just don't want to bet the Eagles. So from 2018 on, I'll give you the numbers. And remember, this is a team that's been very fucking good. Won division titles. Obviously, last year got to the Super Bowl. From a betting perspective, though, forty-seven point one percent. and last year in their Super Bowl year, 10-10. Fitty-fitty, boys and girls. So you are losing your fucking ass if you're backing those dirty goddamn Eagles, and you deserve to do so, because fuck the Eagles. Longhorn, what do you got on these people?
1: Man, just looking at their roster here, it's just fucking, they're running circles around everybody in the league. They just, I mean, I've been saying that you know, every time we do this, or at least last year and this year, like they're just they're just—they're doing everything better than everybody else. So the direction is—it can. Well, you can't go up from you know losing the Super Bowl unless you win the Super Bowl. Uh, and I don't have them winning the Super Bowl, so I guess it's—I guess it's arrowed down. <laughs> um, but they could easily make me look foolish because um, you know I'm not going to waste a lot of time on the offense. It's almost exactly the same with. Um, Cam Jurgens coming in and playing right guard. They drafted him as a center out of, uh, I want to say Nebraska, Wisconsin, one of those one of those fat offensive line producers, fat white boy schools. Yeah, but uh, Kelsey just keeps at center, keeps sticking around. So they have you know stuck him in at right guard. And all the reports out of camp is that he is doing just fine to fall in and make one of the better offensive lines, maybe the best in football. And in true Philadelphia. Uh, you know, fashion. They drafted Tyler Steen in, in the third round this year, so that when next year Jason Kelly does retire, more than likely they just kick Jergens right back to center, let this kid learn for a year, and slide right back in at right guard. So, just again, they're running circles around everybody. They're two, they they're they're you know, they're playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers and, and looking down the road uh, while they're in a Super Bowl window, which is really hard for teams to do. Uh, now, the defensive side of the ball, this is where they did have to make several replacements. Uh, but, again, they, they've they prepared in, in the past with past drafts, and they prepared this year with this draft to kind of fill holes accordingly. Um, you know, so Nicobe Dean, they drafted him last year in mid-rounds. He's going to slide in and play middle linebacker to take over for one of the players they lost. Uh uh, they they brought in you know a couple of players in free agency with Terrell uh, Edmonds to play strong safety from a player they lost, but uh, Zach Cunningham they they brought in to fill the other stack linebacker position. You know he's aging, but you know we'll see if he can kind of hold in the middle. But honestly, with this pass, the defensive line it's all the same people except they also brought in maybe the defensive rookie of the year with Jalen Carter in the middle, who's just going to wreck fucking shop. So. There's, what am I gonna say? This team is fucking loaded. They keep reloading and reloading. Oh, guess what? They also drafted Nolan Smith from Georgia, a pass rusher, in the first round to go ahead and add to that awesome pass rush they already had. So there's not you can't poo poo this team. Front office awesome, roster awesome. However, I'm gonna rely on the Super Bowl loser kickback and also on the the NFC East doesn't have back-to-back champions. I'm going to rely on that, and somehow this fucking amazing roster is only going to win 11 games, go 11-6, and six, and not win the division and not go back to the Super Bowl. All
0: right. Well, last year Philly was uh, favored in 12. Dogs in four, one pick, implied 9.86 wins, so Vegas was heavily betting on Philly to go over the nine, and they hit that. This year, Philly favored in 15-dog and 1-1 pick. Implied 10.88 wins, so Vegas is selling a little bit on those goddamn dirty birds this year. I do understand why. Obviously, we talk about ceilings. They obviously hit their ceiling last year. They can't get any better. But the good news is for them, they don't fucking need to. They went to the goddamn Super Bowl, and they should have won the fucking game. (laughs) Now, I do think they have a chance to step back but they'll still be good. They do need your favorite fatty in the, middie, in the middle to, you know, come in and actually play and be good. I hated him coming out of school from Georgia, and last year he started off pretty good, and then he got it hurt. And he came back, and he was not good at all. So we'll see how long he sticks around the league. I hated that pick, and he's probably going to wash right the fuck out, but we'll see. I'm looking up his PFF right now. I think it ended up averaging out okay, but he started out awesome. And then, like, if you look at his splits, the last part, when he did come back from the injury, he was not good at all. And that's important because uh, Philly was 21st in Russian DVOA defense last year. Looking at their schedule, they played five teams that were top ten in Russian DVOA offense from last year. But other than that, and I talked about it earlier with the Cowboys, I teased it a little bit, they got kissed by the fucking scheduling gods. So because they were division winners, they played the NFC division winners, whereas Dallas gets to play the second place teams, which usually works out good for the second place teams. That's how the NFL has it, you know, contrived to be a league of parody. But not this time. Because Philly gets to play Tampa Bay, who is Garbage. Dallas has to play the Chargers in L.A. Mm. Philly gets to play Minnesota, who is garbage. Dallas has to play Detroit, who's going to win that division and be a good team. So I think that little bit of scheduling luck and how awesome they are, like you said, is enough to keep me to Philly. I've got the exact same record going 11-6, but I'm done doubting Jalen Hurts at all this kid has proved me wrong at every point in his career i said at alabama he can't throw the ball there's no way he can win and then they pull him out and two wins the national championship he goes to oklahoma i'm like you're fucking retarded he can't throw the ball that's all they do is throw the ball what does he do he goes and wins the heisman throws the ball over the place philly drafts him i said that you're retarded he can't throw the ball Comes out, can't really throw the ball. Next year, all of a sudden he can throw the ball, and then last year in the fucking Super Bowl, he throws for like four hundred fucking yards. So I'm done doubting this fucking kid. He's a great fucking kid. I'm 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 done doubting him as long as he can stay healthy. they're there is potent as fucking anybody. They could go all the way to the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind.
1: They they absolutely could. And like just I feel stupid looking at that roster and putting him at eleven and six. Um, but man, it's the NFL, dude. It's just, it's not, you know. Yeah, you don't make you don't make a run like that and
0: lose and bounce right back like it. No. Ju- it just doesn't happen. And like I said, they can't get any better. They cannot get like they cannot play better football than what they did last year. But like I said, the good news is they don't need to. They were awesome. But by the
1: way, uh, Jordan Davis, I, we'll call it a split. He he, he graded out. Good, especially for a rookie, 71.4, but he only played 225 snaps, so they need at least double that.
0: Yeah, he'll never double that, ever, not ever. He played like 100 snaps a year in Georgia, so.
1: That doesn't sound right.
0: (laughs) Uh, Don't fact check me on that. He probably played more, but either way. All right, moving on. Oh, those Washington. Maybe soon to be again, Redskins, uh, Longhorn, there is a big petition going around, actually started by a Native American tribe, Mm -hmm. and has over Mm -hmm. 50,000 signatures to restore the name of the Redskins, and Magic Johnson's already said he's open to changing the name, he didn't say back to the Redskins, but he said he is open to change the name because their fucking current name is stupid. But anyway... Those stupid fucking Redskins, 8-9 last year. They squeaked by their 7.5 over-under. Motherfucker! This year, Yoj downgrade from Vegas. Over-under set at 6.5. So watch, or what do you got on those fucking Redskins, Longhorn?
1: Well, two things. Number one, if anybody can change the name back to Redskins, it's probably a black guy with AIDS. So that's for sure. A poss- <laughs> that's a, who, who's going to tell him no? No. Uh, So, and secondly, I actually thought we were done. I I completely forgot about these stupid Redskins. And uh, there's probably a good reason because they fucking suck. They suck. Uh, I I wrote down directionless franchise because that's kind of just what they've been for so fucking long. Uh, You know, you're you're starting Sam Howell at quarterback. It's hard for me to, like, kind of take you seriously. Uh, we'll see what the kid can do. He's looked good in the preseason, but but but, you know, you're not you're not signaling to anybody that you're you're. It's better than what they fucking rolled out last year. Who started the season last year, week one? Carson Wentz. Okay, that's at least someone who had success in the league before. So no, that was more serious than fucking Sam Howell. But fine, I'll give it to you. Like it's it's a young kid. We'll see what he can do. Um, more potential, I'll say that. I guess uh, the offensive line, you know, it's it's not great it's not not great you know when your best player is either charles <laughs> playing leno, for
0: san francisco
1: yeah the former the former redskin but when your best player is charles leno who is a adequate left tackle or sam cosme who is a adequate right guard sam fucking
0: cosme
1: <laughs> think he's pretty good he played he came in as a tackle from texas and they kicked him inside the guard and he's he hasn't been bad uh like, this is this, this not great. Now, um, the weapons, again, fucking really good. Lo- I love the weapons in the passing game on the perimeter. Uh, lo- is he still the fucking tight end? Logan Thomas is still the fucking tight end? Uh, How is that even possible? I didn't even realize until just now that he's still the tight end. Uh, so, He's getting too old and too hurt. Don't love the tight end position. Don't love the running back. He's also a quarterback, so... Oh, come on, God. (laughs) That was like a decade ago. Uh, I don't love the running back position. Brian Robson Jr. is not a legit starting running back in the NFL. Uh, Gibson kind of was. He showed flashes, but he can't hold on the ball, and he's better as a pass receiver, and that's kind of how they're going to use him. But, you know, when you got Dotson and McLaurin, and Curtis Tom, uh, Samuel Curtis. That that's a good one, two, three. Assuming the quarterback has, uh, you know, he's he's a real quarterback. Now the defensive side of the ball, that's where the area to shine is it, it, on the defensive line, especially assuming again that Chase Young can be anything like what he was his rookie season. But even again, you know, even if he's not, you know, you got Sweat, pain, and Allen. That's that's a that's a legit. One, two, three on the, on the defensive line. Uh, but they do need that Chase Young to bounce back and have that double-digit sack season to, uh, to be able to carry what I think is going to be a not-so-great offense uh, to where they want to be. Outside of that, don't love it. Don't like anything else on the defense. Uh, the rookie spotlight has to be Emmanuel Forbes. Because there's nobody else I can even talk about. Because it was a horrible, horrible draft once again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they force some people into the into the backup roles just because you know the roster sucks. And what else are they going to do? But Emmanuel Forbes is like a 160 pound corner, so we'll see if he can hold it up there. That's the rookie spotlight. I hate this team. I don't again directionless. They don't even know what they're doing. with The fucking name of the team. So there's not a lot to like about them. I have them. Uh, I've got them going 5-12 and, and once again in that top five of a fucking NFL draft. All right. Well, last year the
0: Skins were favored in six games. Dogs in 10, one pick, implied 7.82 wins. Vegas were buyers on the Skins, and they won. This year the Skins only favored in two games. Dogs in 13 and two picks, implied 6.63. So despite the downgrade, Vegas is still slightly buying the Skins. And for what it's worth... Vegas has been right on the Skins. Uh, 2020, they had them go over 5.5. They hit that. 2021, under 8.5. They hit that. 2022, last year, obviously, they hit that. So that's a positive for Skins fans uh, that Vegas has been uh, right on them three years in a row. But all that said, that's pretty much all the positive that I have. Uh, I wrote down the team doesn't draft well. You just said it. They don't sign good players, really, to fit any of the needs that they have. And Chase Young is too busy filming commercials and launching new shoe lines to care about even being good at football. I don't know how the <laughs> fuck this guy's launching new shoe line. He has like six career fucking sacks. It's ridiculous. But if I give them, looking at their schedule, every conceivable victory, and that includes beating Dallas and Miami in Washington, which I don't think that they can sweep both those games. But if I give it to them, I'm at six wins. So that's my ceiling. So if things go really poorly and they lose both those games and they either get swept by the Giants or they don't beat Atlanta in Atlanta, then you're at three wins. And I think that's their floor. And if you think I'm crazy, just remember that 340 points is the Mendoza line that we gave out is a guarantee that you will win more than four games. Well, boys and girls, they scored 321 points last year. So it is definitely in the cards for them to win three fucking games. Now, I do think that the new ownership, a young quarterback with hope, will give the fans some hope. This is a fan base that has been, I mean, just, I mean, as desperate as they could be for anything to believe in for so long. So I think that they will be out at least at the beginning of the year in some force, and I think that does fit. I think it helps, obviously. So officially, officially, I'm actually going to put them at their ceiling this year because I I do believe in the weapons they have now at this point, and Sam Howell has showed some promise. If they can keep – but here's my problem, though, because you just said their offense lot sucks. So when I watched Sam Howell in the preseason, when he was standing back there, he threw bullet after bullet after bullet on target – I mean, when I don't say on target, I mean like on target, in the route, before the receiver turned, leading him upfield, yards after catch, all that shit. Anytime this kid has to move, it is a disaster. Disaster. Right or to left. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. I'll go six and eleven officially. I'll just stick to it. Fuck what it. was
1: what was the Vegas over under? Six and a half. Okay.
0: Yeah. So all right. To recap the NFC East. I have Philly going eleven and six. That is a slight under. Dallas ten and seven. That's a push. Giants nine and eight. That's over. And six and eleven for the skins, slight under.
1: Okay, and I have Dallas winning the division 12-5, Philly under them 11-6, six, Giants 6-11, and, and those are Redskins in the cellar 5-12. All right, boys and girls, that was the
0: NFC and AFC East. Now it is time to go over our NFC division winners, giving you odds on these, our wild cards, and then we'll go all the way through. The NFC, the AFC, and then we'll go through the NFC and AFC championship games and into the Super Bowl. You can mark this down. Blood bank bets, of course. Mm-hmm. Every single one of these will hit, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yours and mine, even the ones that are, ones that are different. even the ones that are different. They're, they're both the they're both,
0: both, both gonna win. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Starting with the NFC, I will go first. Division winners. I've got Philly winning the NFC East at minus one thirty-five. Those your Detroit Lions, plus 140 to win the North, my New Orleans Saints this year, plus 120, I got them actually at plus 180 earlier to win the South, and the San Francisco 49ers minus
1: 175 to win the West. Okay, and just just you know, just a reminder. In this this, you can change things still uh, from past podcasts. So um, if we're doing, we're just doing NFC ch- uh, division winners here. Announcing, yes, sir. Okay, so I will start with my change, and the one change I am actually flipping. Um, I'm going with my gut. I, I you know I just I don't like what I'm seeing out of San Francisco, so I am switching the, the champions to Seattle, and they are plus one eighty. To win the West, Woo. Uh, I've got New Orleans, same as you, uh, in the South. i got Detroit, same as you, in the North. And I have Dallas in the East, and they are at plus 150.
0: All right. So for wild cards and the NFC, I've got, and again, let me say this real quick. This is not the exact bets we would make. I know people are like, why would you bet them to do this when they had minus this and plus this? Yeah, yeah, I got it. This is a podcast. We're just making our predictions. It's not exact bets that we would do if we are doing all the machinations. So just for all you fucking odds nerds that like to fucking email us about this shit, just relax for a second, all right? All right, for the wild cards, I've got Dallas minus 250 to make the playoffs. I've got the LA Rams. Plus three hundred to make the playoffs. Oh my god! And I've got those New York Football Giants plus one eighty oh. to make the playoffs. Yes, three teams back to back years from the NFC East make the
1: playoffs. That is a horrible, horrible. What was the? What are the Rams plus nine thousand? Plus <laughs> plus three hundred. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. And by the I, way,
0: boys and girls, I've got them at eight and nine. It's going to be a shitty year in the NFC. In the NFC, Just buckle your fucking safety belts is all I can tell you.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, I have wild card San Francisco since I've got Seattle winning that division. Uh, uh-huh. Hang on,
0: hang on. San yeah. Francisco is minus 450.
1: And I've got Philly. Philly, minus 500. And then my last wild card spot, because the NFC is such fucking doo-doo, is Atlanta.
0: Oh, that's a big balls bet right there. Uh, that one is, oh, no, it's not really not. Minus 110. Holy shit. Minus and yes or no is minus 110 on Atlanta. I am shocked. My balls are shocked off. Well,
1: my, my balls, my, one ball fell off when you said the Rams. The other <laughs> one fell off when you said the Giants. <laughs> so, I mean, mine are both gone too. All right,
0: the AFC division winners. This is what I got. Buffalo, AFC East, plus 125. Baltimore with the North, plus 200. My, Jacksonville Jaguars, minus 190 to win that shitty AFC South. Only topped by the Kansas City Chiefs, minus 200 to end the AFC West.
1: Yeah, and I've got the same three uh, division winners, Kansas City, Jacksonville, and uh, Buffalo, but the only difference that I have is Cleveland to win the North, and they are going off at uh, plus 275. All
0: right. That's a good payday, and I I like that bet. So my wild cards, I've got Denver, plus 180. I've got your Browns, plus 110. And I've got Cincy minus two eighty. And
1: Cincy, okay. And I have Baltimore minus one sixty. The charges. Let's find those assholes. Uh, supercharges minus one thirty. And then this was a this was a last in the last couple days switch uh, tick them up a little bit. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. You
0: just lit your money on fire plus <laughs> 120. All right. All right, in the NFC championship game, I've got my New Orleans Saints versus the San Francisco 49ers. Oh my Saints are gonna win plus 1300 to win the NFC.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Saw that coming about three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> all right. In the NFC, I have Philly versus Dallas. And I cannot believe it. First time. That's impossible. In. in the NFC championship game? How's it not possible? No, I mean, just depending on things. Yeah, it could fall that right? way. It could. Yeah. Philly versus Dallas. And for the first time in this podcast history, I've got Dallas going to the fucking Super Bowl. Oh my god. Defense, man. It's nasty. All right.
0: AFC Championship game time. I've got, well, I mean, Kansas City. Yeah. Versus those Baltimore Ravens. Oh. I've got Kansas City winning at plus 350. You just can't beat Mahomes.
1: Um, yeah, you, you really can't beat Mahomes uh, in, in, until this year when Buffalo does beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship game to go <laughs> to the Super
0: Bowl. I've called it like three years in a row. I'm tired of doing it. I'm, I'm fucking sick and tired <laughs> of doing it. I know. I know. All right, so my Super Bowl is Kansas City versus New Orleans. And, oh, win them Saints Come marching in. Oh, When them Saints come marching in. Oh, plus 3,000, but I got them. Early at plus
1: 3,800. When them Saints come marching in. You're picking the Saints. I am picking them Saints. Okay, so no one can beat Mahomes except the Saints. Except Derek Carr. (laughs) All right. Um, I have got, obviously, Dallas versus Buffalo, a rematch of one of the who the fuck knows, number, number, ninety, fuck? sure. 90, well, there was two of them in a row, who gives a shit. Yeah, so this time, Buffalo gets their revenge. They are out on a mission, and they finally get over the hump when everybody else is poo-pooing on them and done with them, forgotten. This is when it happens, Buffalo wins the Super Bowl. And Buffalo
0: is plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. All right. All right. Pretty good odds, yeah. pretty good odds. All right, boys and girls, that was AFC, NFC East playoff picture all the way to the Super Bowl. Every single bet that we hit is going to win. Two different teams will win the Super Bowl. Mark it down right fucking now. It's guaranteed. We said it would happen. Now we're going on with those free picks, baby. Time for everybody's been waiting for. Time for
1: those free. I said free picks of the week. Lay it on them, baby. All right, uh, this is our last preseason pot, so we've been getting free picks all preseason long. But I'm gonna have a little fun with this one. More of a longer shot. No fun it. allowed. We're gonna have fun whether you say I can or not. And I'm going <laughs> with. It's a long shot, so you know, bet accordingly if you want to. But I just put Dallas and. Buffalo into the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go to my Super Bowl matchup payoff. And right here it says Dallas versus Buffalo. And you can get that at plus 3,400. That is going to be my best bet. I like those odds. I like those two teams. Let's go. Oh, I love
0: those fucking odds for sure. All right. uh, On to my best bets. NFL uh, future. My best bet is New England to go under. They're seven and a half. I've got them going to six and eleven. Uh, Brady's gone and the magic has worn off. That team is rudderless and quarterbackless and fucking receiverless and everything elseless. So fuck the Patriots under seven and a half. Now on to couch. Rutgers. I believe this game is on Sunday. Minus six and a half. Uh, this is really a straight fade of Northwestern. Their longtime head coach uh, was fired about a month ago. The team is more than upset about it. At one point, they didn't even know if they were going to be able to play, but the players are threatening to sit out. So I don't think this is going to be a win-win for the Gipper situation because he ain't coming back, and most of those players would have already hit the transfer portal if they did not miss the deadline. Uh, Eventually, I think the market will overcorrect on them, and I fully expect us to be on those cats later in the year. But for right now, they are a dead team walking. Rutgers needs this game like they need fucking oxygen if they have any chance to go to bowl this year. So go Scarlet Knights. And then my one college future player of the week, Michigan State, under five and a half. Uh, They gave their COVID year head coach a huge contract extension because he was a black guy. And we were in the middle of the height of the George Floyd virtue signaling season. And since then, he's won five games, and the program has disappeared. Mm. Uh, He sounded lost at every press conference last year. Whoops. And this is just going to continue. They have three winnable games at home. It would not surprise me at all if they lost to Central Michigan on Friday night, but we'll say they win that game. And then on the road, they've got two games that they might, and I said might, be favored in. Other than that, they play at Iowa, at Minnesota, and at Ohio State. I think it is a stretch to get to five wins. Six looks very unlikely, so give me the under five and a half for Sparty. Go woke, go five and seven, baby. <laughs> All, right. All right, Longhorn, tell me about that fabulous website one more time.
1: All right, over at our website, I promise you, there are no people running it who were um, hired just because of their skin color. So it is it, you can expect it to be top, top notch. Uh, award-winning episode number 147 of FGH is in the books, and man, was it a doozy. Push in two hours. Let's face it, you got nothing better to fucking do anyways. Speaking of those books... If you would love to beat your book into submission this season, be sure to go to that website, thefootballgloryhill.com, and check out those free picks, which were on fire last year. Expecting to do the same this year. But while you're there, check out those free picks. Click on the college picks. Click on the NFL picks. Click on the combo packages because they cannot, those prices cannot be beat anywhere else in the market. And when you do that, we, be, we become partners for life, both Cephas, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard on money in a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never
0: pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take yourself, cell, baby.